Things first, it's the DU General, Money B. I'ma put you up on the schedule. Six to nine, eight weekdays, not doing serious. We got a lot to talk about, so much to pedal through. Unapologetically progressive. Tune to KBLA 1580 to get the mess. With your ancestors' favorite radio station. First black on talk radio, left side of the nation. Me and Dominique Dupree will go way back. Smiley making sure the station stays black. Discussing all the issues in our community. We're hosted black and brown and others find unity. So let's talk about it. Maybe we can improve it. Digital underground, always down with the movie. So we tune in to First Things First with the Queen of Black Talk Radio, Dominique Deprima. Go, sis. Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique DePrima. What does it feel like Friday? I don't know. This show is called First Things First. I know why it feels like Friday. <laughs> My first thing every day, giving thanks, giving praises, and asking for blessings from the Most High. Asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders and getting it going, setting it off. Our one, we typically do the left coast. What's going on this side of the United Snakes? I mean, states. <laughs> and... Uh, Hour two, we go national, international, global, intergalactic, and beyond. In the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person or persons of interest today. I get to talk to Farrah Wilder, someone I've never spoken with before. She's an expert on um, real estate, equity, inclusion, and all that stuff. So the changes in the rules, we'll get a little look at that, but also like how to navigate space, whether you're buying, selling, um, how to navigate and succeed in circumventing or minimizing the impact of the discrimination that has been widely unveiled through a series of recent uh, studies and data that have come out. Well, guess who's in the studio with me right now? She's a labor organizer. She's an activist, uh, formerly uh, with the L.A. Black Workers Center. I don't know why I say formerly, because even <laughs> though you don't work there anymore, you're always working uh, to help them. Sherry Bell is with us, and she usually comes in on Friday, so that's why it feels like Friday. <laughs> Good morning, Sherry. Good morning, Dominique. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Yes. It's so mm -hmm. funny, too. We swapped it for you to come in today, and the SAG after strike oh. is resolved. It's almost like we planned it or something. Man, that is so wonderful. Like That it happened before the holidays, that it happened before the end of the year. Um, it's one of the last lingering, uh, strikes, you know, that, that was took place in the hot labor summer, you know, so now not only can the actors get back to work, you know, the businesses that supply and support that industry can stay afloat. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what the deal is, you know, like yeah. the gains that were made as a result of the 118 day strike, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, I think we, a little more than that, but not it. it yeah, it was a long strike. Yeah. Really yeah. long strike. And here's the thing. I mean, I they haven't released all the details mm -hmm. because they need to get approval from the national board first. Um, right. But, you know, it, <laughs> It's a big, I think it's a big deal. And, and I know there's one thing we didn't get that we really wanted, which was a P 
piece of the streaming. Oh. And, you know, that's too bad because that's, you know, that's like having an equity stake in your own uh, work. Mm -hmm. But they were able to leverage not giving up that into some um, bonuses for actors based on streaming um streaming performance so if a show does well Mm -hmm. uh, they'll participate more and so it's not like we walked away with nothing in that arena Uh, and it seems like you know even though the conditions are changing they're saying they're going to make less shows Mm. because they're trying to by the i'm talking about the studios want to mitigate their losses from Mm. Paying higher wages, but also because the streaming model hasn't been super profitable yet. But I don't, we'll see if that holds up. Because honestly, uh, I feel like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the streaming model. They say it's meant to be profitable by next year. So I feel like that may or may not turn out to be the truth about a lot less shows being produced. Right. Sounds like a threat. I, I, you know, I, I feel like more transparency within that whole streaming platform thing will be awesome for the actors, right? To really know how many eyeballs are, you know, on yeah. the shows with, with the, you know, what the profit margin is for the, for the, um, you know, for the uh, platforms, I, you know, and then also, you know, I think what this deal did was like, far as like with AI, you know, that, that is like something that the protections, we don't know all the details, but it likely benefited the actors for their image and likeliness to be used and profited upon without compensating them for it. So for that alone, the strike was great (laughs) because yeah. And and that was a big sticking point. I feel like that was at least according to the, the notes I get from the organizing committee. It sounds like that was the major sticking point is, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so it's good. The actors drew a line in the sand. The writers drew one too, because this is going to keep coming up right. and it's going to become a bigger and bigger piece of the way everybody's doing business. So mm-hmm. to me, if you don't start out with some kind of baseline of protection, we're pretty much just giving up our jobs to the robots. The robots just, you know, the profits are not going to be distributed fairly. I hope that within this three year time frame that the studios try to look within and find ways to implement practices that will benefit the actors other than trying to strip them of things because they I'm sure they don't want to have this happen again yeah you know so hopefully this will set a trend in trying to uh, improve the business in a way that they know that they're going to accept well I mean (laughs) we'll see because I feel like the conditions were perfect for the hot labor summer. There was so much solidarity that yeah. got a lot of gains. The fact that the union stood together is also a new generation of union leadership and a new generation of rank and file that are more militant. Right. But who knows mm-hmm. what the conditions might be in the next strike. You don't know if you'll have the advantages that you have now. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I feel like it it was important that we held a line. You know, it. I don't know. I'll lim- maybe, let me... I sh- I should ask you this. I mean, conditions ebb and flow in the country and that impacts, you know, how strong a union is uh-huh. for a strike. Right. 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 Yeah. That that pushed all the conditions is what pushed everybody to their breaking point. 
you know, the, the income inequality got too great. The, uh, the lack of transparency, the, you know, the, the, like their people were struggling more and that really pushed people to the brink. Like, okay, I'm, you know, as a union member, you know, we have to flex our muscles and, you know, demand what's fair. Uh, I feel like that recipe has proven itself throughout U.S. history, you know, to, to be the recipe that pushes, you know, the, the labor movement to act. And I feel like if those conditions rise to the top again, I do feel like history will repeat itself. Income inequality, people being fed up, that along with inflation. But also mm-hmm. you have a Democratic uh, administration. Mm-hmm. You know, which whatever else Joe Biden's got going on, he's he's fairly strong on labor. So that helps. Right. Y'all, uh, yeah, because we all know that a Republican leadership tends to support big business. Right. And whatever policy is going to support big business, like they're not going to be like, let's implement a policy that's going to create better working conditions or, you know, get you overtime or get you. They're you definitely know. <laughs> not going to be showing up on the picket line. Right. They're not going to be showing up. So, I mean, line. I think that helps. And then the mm. fact that all these industries are out at the same time when, you know, we went from Teamsters to, you know, pilots to auto workers and yeah. actors it's a mood in the country. People are really pro-worker. I think that the, the struggles of the pandemic had something to do with that, too. Oh, absolutely. People were like, you know what? I'm sitting at home. My quality of life. I'm like sitting time, getting time to reflect. And the good news is, too, uh, the uh, Unite Here in Vegas averted a, a culinary strike. Uh, they used their leverage with the F1 coming into town in, in Las Vegas, and they were going to go on strike today. And they reached a tentative deal yesterday. Oh, wow. I want to hear more about that when we come (laughs) forward for sure. And also, there's something you said that I want to drill down on a little bit. You said it's great that it happened now before the holidays, Mm -hmm. before uh, before the new season. I want to find out why you said that uh, when we come forward, because there's so many considerations and I've heard a lot of different things. I'll share Mm -hmm. something uh, that some insider industry information with you for those of you who are actors and and such when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. now. (laughs) The holiday season is upon us. It feels like we're in the middle of it already. Oh, boy. Yeah, take care of yourself, y'all. Take it slow. Take it slow. (laughs) Don't do too much. So you were saying that it's great news that the SAG after strike has a tentative resolution, which usually means it's going to go through, right? It has to be approved by the national board. It has to be approved by the rank and file. Yeah. Um, you know, the union members, Mm -hmm. and then it would be ratified. But this can happen fairly quickly. And the actual picketing, the strike itself, ended at 12.01 this morning. So if you got a job, you can go do it now. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a good thing. That's a great thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, holidays are typically times where people, you know, want to rejoice and be merry and cook and, you know, buy gifts. And when you're not working, you know, that's tough, you know. Yeah, for (laughs) real. Right. So the fact that, you know, some folks are going to be able to get back to work and have something to be thankful for, like better working conditions and, you know, opportunity to do what they love, you know, is awesome. Now, (laughs) I have a feeling you're going to say something like maybe. No, no, I I mean, no, no. I mean, (laughs) what we're hearing is seven to eight percent raises, which is pretty good. I mean, that's more than it's not UAW raises, but it's way more than what actors have gotten in recent history. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so that's a start. 
Um, and we're seeing, you know, what we're hearing, it seems like we, we have uh, really made some strides. Mm-hmm. The, um, the thing I was going to tell you <laughs> is that I heard from a very, very reliable source that they're planning to take more productions uh, overseas to Mexico, to Canada. Uh-huh. That's already been a trend. Yeah, so that means if you're an actor, yeah, but apparently because of whatever the conditions are post-strike, this is going to spike up. So if you're an actor, have your passport ready. Mm. You might be hitting the road. And uh, don't tell Tavis. <laughs> you hear my <laughs> voice and I'm broadcasting from far away. No, but honestly, um, I don't know why, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of backlash changes like mm. that I, it, I don't know if it's backlash or adjustments mm. um maybe it's backlash because the actors you know kind of went hard on the studio bosses on social media and such i mean well yeah i mean unfortunately some of those folks i hope that their career doesn't suffer as a result of it like the you know because they stood up and and you know for what was right I, you know like it's what's gonna happen anyway I mean, these people claim like, like, you know, restaurant owners or anything, like any business that when you try to, you know, improve working conditions, get more money, like, oh, I don't know how we're going to stay in business or I don't know how we're going to like right, do this. We're going to cut that. jobs. I mean, yeah, our weather here is great. You know, the talent here is great. Uh, the threats, you know, outsourcing is a thing. You know, right. it's been a thing. But in Hollywood, a lot of times when they outsource, it, it hurts the um, below the line more than the actors because a lot of time they take the actors with them. Right, right. Other than the smaller roles. I mean, but yeah, that's true. There's always going to be, well, this is doom and gloom. If, you, right. if we give you more wages, you're not going to have an industry left. That is true. I don't know about retaliation for actors. I guess we'll see. We'll see. But I feel like... Um, you know, if your box office is hot enough, they find a way to forgive you most of the time. Right. I have seen people blacklisted mm-hmm. in Hollywood before. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I personally feel like I'm not too worried about the studios uh, changing things so drastically that it will undermine the gains of the strike. I feel like some people, you know, let statements make it out to the public to try to intimidate and scare folks more so than what they're actually going to actually do. Right. They leak, they leak stuff right. to strengthen their position or whatever that is. But mm-hmm. I also think that um, the thing about the holidays is then you get into award season. Mm-hmm. And if we have to cancel, you know, Emmys mm-hmm. and Grammys and Oscars yeah. and stuff, that costs a lot of money for the local economy. Uh, it, it, it squanders opportunities to promote projects for actors right. and it makes it a much more hostile environment between the studios and the actors. So I'm glad we wrapped all of this up before award season. I know that sounds petty, but I think from the business standpoint, it's really important that we were able to do that. Yeah, and for all the people who didn't get a chance to march with the actors, you know, when they was out there on a picket line, you know, you missed your chance. <laughs> now they're famous again. They're not, they're not striking workers. <laughs> they're not trying to hang out with you right. You're funny. Well, um, uh, yeah, it's just great news. Congratulations, sag After I hope it goes through. Hope we ratify. I think it will. Um, have you ever seen a huge contract like that, you know, that you were privy to get shut down by the rank and file? After, um, you know, union leadership uh, agreed to it. No, nah, because I think many people been wanted it to be over. Yeah, I know. You know, and I, I had mixed feelings about the big name actors, George Clooney and um, Tyler Perry, 
kind of stepping in and putting pressure on the union. That's great. You think it's good? I, I've kind of had mixed feelings because I felt like they were saying wrap oh, on this. the union. Yeah, oh, they were kind of oh, saying no. like wrap this oh, up, no, no. and I don't know. No. I mean, I you know they were like, well, we'll take salary cuts no. or we'll take concessions, oh, as if yeah. the issue was with the union yeah. and not with. The studios. I don't know if that's a lack of understanding or they just felt like enough already with the union. But to me, that was kind of weird because they have huge checks. They're both. Whether we get a raise or not. They're both, though, a lot of them. They're part of the Producers Guild and SAG-AFTRA. So they're like on both sides. Especially people like... Tyler Perry. Yeah. He actually is a studio. Right. So why are you going to the Screen Actors Union like you was an actor? Because he is an actor. He is an actor. Same yeah. with Clooney. That's right. a really good point. Yeah. So which hat do you have on today? Do you exactly. have on your producer hat right. or your actor hat? But right. even as an actor, they're paid, you know, a hundred times more than the average yeah, actor. They're they're not the average you know, they're they're not the average bear. <laughs> you know, they're not right. the average actor. So like. so while I I you know <laughs> I applaud you. For saying, okay, we're willing to give something up, the highest ranges of pay, maybe we should pay higher union dues, and I hope that the studio, I hope SAG follows up with that. Since you offered to pay more, pay more, we'll have a bigger strike fund, we can help those actors that aren't making a million, two million, ten million a picture. But I also was kind of, to me, it should have been completely secret, and I felt like it was... A bit of a vote of no confidence right. at a moment when Fran Drescher didn't really need that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That, that shouldn't have got out. And um, ho- like like t- to join on to what you said, it will be nice. Now, I don't know if I agree with like them paying higher union dues, but I do agree with them like donating to a fund that will help actors out when they're having a hard time. And we do have that. It's called the Actors Fund. Oh, see, there you so they, go. You know, yeah, they can, they can ante up. But um, they were talking about, you know, there's a cap when you make above a certain, if you're in SAG, you pay a percentage of what it was that you earned Mm -hmm. in the prior year. That's how your dues are calculated. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So if you make, and there's a, there's a minimum, you're not going to go below a certain amount. So if you didn't do too well, you might be paying more than what you earned. But there's also a cap mm. at the top. So if I make, I don't know what it is. It might be 15. I don't know. It's some millions. Huh. If I make that much, I still pay the same as the guy that, you know, made several hundred thousand. So what they were talking about was removing that cap so that they can be um, billed at the same rate as other actors for their multiple millions. That's crazy. I, they probably don't want to do that now. <laughs> yeah, they probably, uh, yeah, right. No, you can't take it back. You right. offered it. <laughs> You offered it. I mean, let's beef up the actor's fund. You never know what could happen next time. Right. right? Yeah, that would be great. Anyway, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. But, of course, that's a huge, huge deal. Um, I think this is also a huge, huge deal. The LAPD officer Mm -hmm. who sued uh, the city because he claimed he was subject to harassment, sexual harassment, by a senior advisor to former Mayor Eric Garcetti, uh, has been awarded $1.8 million um, in a settlement with the city. Mm -hmm. The city council unanimously approved that. They wanted it to go away. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder what kind of evidence that this, you know, this officer had to support those allegations. Like when you think of the optics of that, like I'm like, how did this fly? You know, like how did it get to a point where it was like pervasive and, you know, like like the reach the levels of harassment? I don't know. But um, well, I don't think they're just handing out checks. Right. It must. I mean, I, I know that um, people had seen it. You know, oh. allegedly seen it. So he had some probably made people some within the. Well, they're saying he, you know, the allegation was that this guy, Rick Jacobs, who was really powerful within uh-huh. the Garcetti administration, would hug this guy all the time, oh, would make, com- you know, would make comments about his body. Yeah. Um, and he was a personal detail for Garcetti. So he was with him all the time now. The former mayor got off scot-free yeah. because they said he was looking the other way. And if this was really happening that much, I don't see how the mayor would not see it. Right, right. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, did 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 Mayor Garcetti, was he ever privy to the complaints, you know? Right, that held up his... Um, his nomination right. as right. you know ambassador to India, but that went that went through after some delay. Now he's in India doing his thing, and here comes this settlement. Yes, it was kind of like I mean settlements. I know don't happen overnight, but it seemed like a pretty long time. Yeah. You know, from the time that this came out, from the time that this is wrapping up, you know, with the settlement. I mean, this cop says hundreds of occasions, hundreds, hundreds of occasions, unwanted and unwelcome sexual. <laughs> comments touching and tight hugs and shoulder rubbing the thing is um rick jacobs denies the allegations but he does say i may have hugged him a few times you don't just hug people in professional settings and without like knowing like i don't understand i don't know i don't know it's a lot of unknowns Um, you know they call them bro hugs oh okay But, but i mean let's you know, let's break that down. If you're somebody's boss, right. you're not their bra. Right. And also, Rick Jacobs is gay, and this guy is allegedly not. Uh-huh. So, that you know, there's some gray area there about a bra hug. Yeah, and I'm surprised, like, nobody done nothing. Like, his his union, his job. Mm, like Now, you- that's a good point. Where Where is the, where is the uh, police association? Right. They seem to be very ready to attack people about things all the time why not get reassigned like i don't understand how Hmm. i mean but then again i'm not investigating you know the complaint you know i I wasn't you know i'm not looking into it but it it, it seems i mean i'm it's good that if somebody suffered a harm that was you know was bad you know (sighs) i don't know that that we the taxpayers get to Uh, cough up 1.8 million yet again yeah, it's, yet again. And and there may be, you know, who knows? You're right. There's a lot we don't know. They considered it in closed session, and then the full council approved it. I, I don't, well, why did it get the city? Uh, the city be shelling out a lot of money in misconduct, uh, uh, you know, uh, cases whether it's LAPD well this well this is LAPD but like not them doing it the uh, right it's like the LAPD's boss you know in some ways right the mayor you know yeah. he has a lot of power over the police so it's all connected you yeah know. it's not the way the, the money's usually flowing as you point out right. uh it's a great time to call us 800-920-1580 news traffic and sports then more with me dominique de prima sherry bell on kbla talk 1580 she's reclaiming her time on kbla talk 1580 more first things first with dominique de prima when we come forward 
Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Sherry Bell is here. You can find uh, me and Sherry uh, on YouTube right now where we're streaming KBLA 1580. KBLA 1580 is where all of this radio station's social media is. You can find me at DePrima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A, and then radio, and of course, Sherry at Sherry De La Ghetto. There's underscores in between those words. Yeah, I'll have an announcement to make before we wrap about what, what you can find on my Instagram. Oh, you want to wait? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, what announcement? What announcement? All right. It's the same one from last time. Uh, well, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, have that coming up for you any minute. So last night was the Republican uh, debate, right? Yeah. No, snooze fest. I, you know, I can't even watch all of that. I just mm. have to look at the recaps. It's just too boring. And uh, it's not because Trump isn't participating. They're just boring to me. But too and many also, lies. Too they, many lies. Right. And they don't even <laughs> and they don't stand a chance. Right. So what's the point? Holy moly. How are we in a country where Donald Trump is just whooping everybody? He whooping right. Biden. He whooping all his candidates and he facing like all these charges. I mean, it just goes to show his the values the values that he stands for and those stimulus checks that he <laughs> got well, out yeah, to Yeah, that people. he put people's name on. But yeah, right. Right. Okay, so, but the thing about it is we were talking earlier how it would be different with a Republican in oh, office. Goodness. And so that was one thing I wanted to look at a little yep. bit is if any of these jokers, let's say, Donald Trump got struck by lightning mm-hmm. and uh, the Republican Party, you know, and was no longer able to serve as president. Um, one of those folks would be, I guess, the nominee. Right. And they're all pretty strongly anti-union. right? Oh, right. Yeah. So the thing is, I would like if people are listening to pay close attention, Donald Trump and other Republicans, now that they see that the labor movement has picked up steam and and, and, and these people have the ability to vote, especially in key states, uh, you know, they're going to say things that are going to sound really good to you as a as a as a voter around like a rhetoric that make it seem like they support you as a worker. Right. But you have to go off of what people actually do, not what they say, but what they have done in their career, that what their track record has been, if they have one. And if you look at Donald Trump, you know, he'll hold rallies and he's very charismatic and funny and he'll tell people things that make them believe that he's pro labor and going to be for the worker. But if you um um, if you look at his track record, um, his policies on making it harder to organize, um, taking money out of workers' pockets by misclassing them as independent contractors and, and uh, not um, keeping the threshold lower. To, to make, so basically, like if you work overtime, you have to make a certain amount of money. He put that amount of money to be uh, in a way that is more unattainable for folks. So like he's taking overtime pay. He's taking a. Uh, other worker protections away this is what he's done so the afl-cio um if you go to their website or just look up donald trump's uh attacks on the labor movement you can see all the policies and things that he's done to undermine workers pocketbooks you know uh, uh outsourcing was at a record high 
you know, under his under his um, leadership. You know, so don't get fooled by the charismatic speech of people now that they see that your vote is valuable, you know, as a, as a person that is a part of a union. They're not pro-union. They're, they're pro-business. And it's interesting, too, because that's exactly what Trump has been doing by right. going to Detroit, even though he didn't even go to a union shop. Right. Um, but he creates this illusion. And we are starting to see within some of the labor unions more support for Trump. Yeah, and it's so dangerous. And the unions, if you listen in unions, you have a job to do, right? The, the press release they put out was great, right? It, it outlined all the factual things that he's done to undermine workers, right? They're going to have to get on, get the boots on the ground and get that, get that factual information out there to their members because they're going to be persuaded by Donald Trump. Donald Trump's holding rallies and you know sometimes people privilege, you know, will outweigh their best interests as we can see so a poor factory worker uh that you know might benefit from the privilege they have might ignore the factual you know things that have been done. So the unions got a lot of work to do to counteract the rhetoric that Trump is spewing and any other people who want Trump wannabes, right? Yeah, I mean, to me, the fact that Donald Trump can present himself as this working Joe who's, you know, who's a populist, even though he's a billionaire, who got put on his daddy's payroll to the tune of $250,000 a year at age two. Right. And I am not making that up. Wow. At age two. What was he doing at age two that was worth two, 250K a year? And he's, oh. He was on his daddy's payroll ever since. You know, he, he so... And he's a billionaire. And another thing that he did, a big thing that Trump did, he made it easier for um, employers to sue striking workers. So so po he um, he made it easy for for uh, the employers to sue rank and file union members uh, and uh, to require them to spend. You know, that basically like if like the, it's like the SAG after. Yeah. Like he he made it. He. uh and stack the judges. I mean, it's it's like the the uh, cement workers. There were cement workers. Yeah. They went out on strike, mm -hmm. and then the um, courts gave the company the win in saying those cement workers had to pay back what it cost the company right. for them to go on strike. That's uh, that's has Donald Trump's fingerprints all over it. Just Google it, people, things that Trump did to undermine uh, the labor movement. And you can see for yourself. But unfortunately, not everybody is going to do that. They're going to be be smitten by Trump's, you know, uh, jokes and, and, and things like that. And the unions have a lot of work to do. I also feel like he... Um he just presents this image that he's for the working person, you know, and that... I don't I, just because he has on a hat. I mean, the guy has a gold toilet. What are you missing here? But he's not the only one. I mean, Ron DeSantis um, has put new restrictions in place in Florida for mm -hmm. unions. And he has consistently gone against increasing the minimum wage. That, oh, that's a big thing. Get a yeah. federal minimum wage. like the, Which is yeah. what, 735 yeah, an that, hour? See, that's what I'm saying. Like, these... People got to look at what these people actually have said and done like to show like, you know, you should be able to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. Right. They're acting like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Exactly. Uh, DeSantis signed a bill, apparently, according to The New York Times in May, that restricted unions for teachers and other public sector workers by banning automatic dues deductions from paychecks. 
Um, Tim Scott has consistently said he wants to break the backs of teachers unions. Wow. That's those are his words. Like Maya Angelou said, when people show you who they are, believe them. And Vivek Ramaswamy, a.k.a. Trump's mini me, (sighs) said he wants to eliminate unions for all federal workers and for teachers. See, now this is what the unions are going to have to do or people who want to organize a union. They're going to have to get that those facts out to voters. Yep. Nikki Haley, the kinder, gentler Republican, calls herself a union buster. Wow. She said she didn't want any unions in her state. Wow, that's bold. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and when you think about what unions are, they're meant to, you know, try to build some power for the workers, you know, because when you look at the di- power dynamic, the employer has most of the power and the worker is at a disadvantage. So you want workers to be at a disadvantage and not being able to ask for things that they need to improve the quality of their life. Yeah. And Nikki Haley has this image of being less toxic than the other Republicans because she doesn't yell no. and she's actually read a few books. But I mean, she came out strongly against the United Auto Workers when they went on strike. She said... Uh, that Biden was emboldening them and blamed him for costing the auto companies too much. That would make, she says, it's going to make car prices go up. The usual. Yeah. But also saying in her ideal world, unions would not exist. She said that. That I mean, that's if you unpack that, that's pretty uh, messed up. And I like you said, she doesn't have a chance. And, you know, I feel like sometimes as women and females like trying to run for powerful positions, unfortunately, they try to have to overcompensate, you know, to be tougher. You know, I don't know if that's what she's doing or if she's just pure evil. But, um, <laughs> you know, she sounds pretty evil. Like all these people sound evil and they're just telling people what they want to hear to get the votes but now they're probably trying to change it a little change it up a little bit because they're starting to trying to see the union starting to have a little juice you know and they might try to modify their positions right just like what we're seeing on abortion and by the way nikki haley is another one who has stood against raising the federal minimum wage why would you want to keep people poor do would you feel okay earning seven dollars an hour Right. Like, what is the purpose behind that? What are you gaining from it? Oh, corporate backers, they're going to invest in her campaign. Oh, this woman, she wants to keep the minimum wage down. Let me donate to her campaign. Right. Well, just, you know, I think that is a great point you made, Sherry. Let's look at the policies, not the talking points. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come forward, forward. includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. Power. Heard any other talk radio lately that sounds anything like this? We didn't think so. You're listening to Unapologetically Progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. What, uh, Kwamel and, and, and Ronald, and a shout out to all the folks in the chat. Um, yeah. You know, you're always welcome to call in as well, 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580. I love the show within the show. I've right. seen you in there before. Shay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the chat, just on days when you weren't here, just talking. I love that. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I, I, I love it on YouTube, you know, because a lot, a lot of times people have a radio or, you know, the, the app on the phone is great, but video is great. Like you get to see what's going on and you get to chat. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was the end of the world when Tavis told me we we're going to start doing this. <laughs> you mean I have to look like I'm awake every day? I have to. Yeah. But no, I now, now <laughs> I've grown to love it. Okay, so Wendy Carrillo. Oh. I, I, I just, I. She's running, she is one of a number of people running against, reportedly running against Kevin DeLeon. I say reportedly because oh. DeLeon hasn't filed. Disgraced, racist uh, city council member DeLeon, as far as I know, hasn't filed his paperwork yet, but he's got some time, so he will. I'm sure he will. He said he'll run. Mm. And she, to me, was considered someone that really had a chance. For sure. Because she's in the assembly yeah. and she's got a good, re- or she had. A good reputation. Jeez. And now she's got, she got busted for drunk driving. DUI. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. I hate that. She got arrested for DUI. Apparently her blood alcohol level was quite high. Somebody Mm. took some, there was a witness or somebody took some video of her sobriety test and she was apparently falling down and stuff. It's all bad. I mean, I... she says she's running anyway. On Monday, she um, declared her intent, according mm. to LA Daily News, to be a candidate for the LA City Council seat. So she's definitely running. Jeez Louise. And I should say allegedly drunk driving because maybe she was just uh, tired. <clears throat> <laughs> but it doesn't look good with that, al- you know, that blood alcohol level and such. Yeah, I mean. There are a lot of people sensitive to drunk drivers, you know, especially people who have lost loved ones to drunk drivers and, uh, you know, hurt, not, you know, and by a drunk driver. And so for that reason, that can look bad and also could look like you're not following the law, you know. Yeah. So, and, right? and aside from that, I mean, I've I've never lost anyone to a drunk driver. Yeah. I, you know, personally, but I, I think it's terrible. But you, it goes to judgment. Right. You're, you are asking me to run a section 115th of my city. Yeah. To be over 250,000 people, which is like a, being a mayor of many towns. Uh-huh. And you don't know enough to go call a lift because you are drunk. Yeah, it is a that's lot. that to me. That's a a big problem. That's a red flag, and you know I like you know Tyra Banks was like I was rooting for you. No, no, exactly. I, I, I would have been rooting for her next to same, Kevin. Then, same, like, you know same. I would have been, and like yeah. she like she probably would have been like she already have a political career under her belt, and you know now we got two flawed. <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch of other people yeah, running, and I get that, but. Also, the thing about Carrillo is she has been an ally to the African-American community. She has been. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, how she can wordsmith her way out of this one. I don't know if she was taking some Benadryls or what, but uh, Mm. we'll see. Yeah, well, I don't know either. She said, uh, I, as a public servant, I'm aware I must adhere to a higher standard that demands personal accountability for my conduct, blah, 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 blah. I accept responsibility for my actions. I sincerely apologize to my family, constituents, colleagues, and staff for any actions of mine that have fallen short, short of that expectation. She doesn't say I was drunk as a skunk and I got arrested. Right. She just says any actions, blah, blah, blah. Those are like those YouTuber apologies. 
Yeah. But don't really say anything. Don't really say nothing. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, geez. It, it's happened at the raw. It's fresh. You know, it's not like an old DUI. You know, yeah. that's the problem. It's like new. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, people have prevailed with checkered past. Yeah. Like you know. Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm, uh, I, that just. It's, that's just all bad. Um, I don't know what to say about it. Maybe she'll have some magical words when she comes on this show. Continuing uh, our conversation, it's not too late to call 809-20-1580. In fact, we're just getting started. It's KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. And today it is me, Dominique DePrima, and you, 809-20-1580. We're talking uh, this hour with Sherry Bell, and she cl- she said she had a big announcement <laughs> for us about her social media. What is that big yes. announcement? So, folks, did you know that the city of L.A. has its own civil rights office? Well, if you don't, you're not alone. Tonight, you can learn more about this civil rights office that is up and running in the city of L.A. Learn about their resources, services and how you can take advantage of them. Uh, We're going to be the L.A. Black Workers Center is putting on an informational session. We're going to be joined by L.A. civil rights staff. Uh, That's going to be tonight at 6 p.m. If you would like to register so you can get the Zoom link. Uh, please contact uh, Tara Perkins. Uh, you can email her at tperkins at labwc.org or give her a call at 213-563-9688. Uh, you can also uh, find the link to register in my bio on my Instagram page at Sherry De La Ghetto on Instagram. So yeah, we hope that you guys uh, tune in tonight and maybe you could get some information that may help you now in the future or somebody, you know, I mean, LA civil rights department does, will go after certain um, employers for discrimination. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can report hate crimes. There, right. There's a lot of things that they do. Yeah. 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 So the goal is because actually like when I was a member and well staff, we fought to have local enforcement here in the city of L.A. So this office was birthed out of like activism and, you know, workers saying we need more resources for folks that are facing discrimination in the city because the city is huge. And so we fought and won this office. So, you know, we're proud of it, but we just want to get the word about out about it more. Yeah. And it's pretty new. So yeah. folks don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, you know, that the reparations commission is under that right. i mean that la civil rights does a lot of things i was i thought you was about to say if you don't know now, now you, you know, know. <laughs> <laughs> sherry well thank you so much for coming thank in you so much it's always great me. to see you and uh hear your thoughts particularly on this celebratory day of a sag after strike looks like it's wrapping up it's a, it's a great day it's a great day yep at KBLA 1580 on, on uh, all the social medias, Deprima Radio on all the social medias, and Sherry De La Ghetto. You're on uh, Instagram. I on, am on, Instagram. on Twitter, you're Sherry Bell, LA. Sherry Bell BWC, but I barely be on okay. Twitter, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Check her out on IG. Yeah, I know yeah. if you're really trying to DM me, IG is a better choice too because uh, I am just there more. Mm-hmm. Get to see all the reels and everything. Yeah, just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> well, Sherry Bell, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Bye, everybody. Have a great weekend. 
Yeah, let's know. talk about let's not talk about the debate or talk about the debate. <laughs> There's a lot of other stuff going on. Ivanka was on the stand yesterday. We haven't had a chance to really talk about Elijah McClain. We got a lot to talk about. KBLA Talk 1580.